Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My Gay friend. friend, episode number 68, and I owe you one. Hey, husband, how are you? I'm good, husband, how are you? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by The Cheesecake Factory, because baby, it's been on everybody's lips this week. And it's a great place to go. Fucking amazing. Give me a basket full of brown bread, please, and keep it coming. So many options, but we'll we'll get on that later. <laughs> we'll talk about that definitely later in the show. But right now, you guys know what time it is. We do it each and every week. Go ahead and gather your cocktail. And while you're gathering your libation, we will tell you our selection for this evening and talk about our week. So, husband... What are you having tonight? I am having a glass of Riesling. What are you having? I am having some Reposado Tequila on the rocks. So it's going to be a very bumpy ride, baby, because he's liable to say anything. Or just fall asleep on the mic. <laughs> Not with tequila. Let's hear it. It keeps the party going. Okay. Yes. Okay. So it's looking really frosty and nice. So let's go ahead and raise these glasses. Hopefully you have your libation. So let's toast to a great episode. Here we go. Clink, 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 clink. Clink. All right. Take a sip. That's crisp. Ooh. So right. So right. All right. Speaking of so right. Oh, how was your week? <laughs> how have things been going for you? Uh, my week has been great, actually. I can't even complain. It was a nice balance of work, a nice balance of doing absolutely nothing, a nice balance of therapy, and a nice balance of adventure. I, um... We had a great weekend. We'll talk about that in a second. But on top of that, during the week, I, you know, went to in-person therapy for the first time in months, which was fabulous. Sometimes you need that re-up. Really? <laughs> Sometimes you need that. Absolutely, you do. And I ventured downtown to the Flower District and... Spent a half a day just skipping through the flowers and <laughs> getting some arrangements and doing some things for something special we've got coming up. Now, were you really skipping or are you just saying that? No, that? my knees, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, and my, <laughs> and, and at this big age, I can't do that anymore. I just leisurely walked through the streets of downtown and enjoyed how beautiful everything was. Now, the thing that sucks is in the flower district majority of the places close at like noon okay um they're open at like 3 a.m so they're there very early in the day for you know vendors and things to get the fl uh, the flowers for floral arrangements for weddings and special events etc so i got out there around 10 45 because nobody's waking up that early <laughs> right and as I'm walking and looking, people are like breaking their shit down and putting their flowers away. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to hurry up and <laughs> and make a decision. As you know, and as friends out there, you guys may not know, I'm horrible when it comes to decisions. Uh, like, don't leave me alone in a cereal aisle at the supermarket. I'll be there with anxiety. It is Sophie's choice to see it. It's on my so, forehead. It's it so really funny. Is. I turned into Meryl Streep with that. Um, but I grabbed some beautiful shit and came home and made some more beautiful shit. So it was a it was a really great balanced week for me. I got my creativity out. I got my mental concerns out. I got some actual work 
out and uh, had a few leisure days here and there. What about your week? Well, that sounds awesome. I'm happy for you. Thank you. It's all about balance, you know? Work-life balance, yes. Um, <laughs> so, speaking of my work-life and balance and trauma in between, the week had... Con- this week has been... It's been alright so far, but last Friday after, you know, this went live, our previous episode, uh, <laughs> being at work and being in extreme pain in my back mm-hmm. and talking with you as I was driving home and was like, my back is extremely killing me. Also, I had some pain in my chest. That was kind of weird and I don't really have chest pains, especially by my heart. So, um... Earlier that day, I had made an appointment with our family chiropractor to kind of see her on Saturday. And as, as I was driving home, I was talking to you. I said, yo, if this gets worse and I can't really drive and I'm, my, my, and I'm in discomfort, I'm going to take myself to urgent care, which I ended up doing because the pain was just so excruciating. And if you know me, to know me is no, I have a high threshold of pain. So for me to go to an urgent care or, or a doctor says a lot, but like there's something really, really wrong with me. So did the urgent care thing, told them everything. They hooked me up to some EKGs and took some tests and urine and all that good stuff. And then they was like, you know what, sir? You need to go to the ER. So I ended up talking to you and drove myself to the ER because they had some concerns. And I was in the ER for like two hours, three hours, something like that. Um, but thank God it was nothing too serious. The... ER physician told me that I had a strained muscle pull in the back, like because I was just it was really hard to move and it was really I was in excruciating pain. And but because also my chest and I had an issue with um, the pressure, the pain I was feeling, they they hooked me up to EKG also, make sure all so my heart everything is fine. Mm-hmm. So I was relieved about that, and so. They gave me some remedies to do, some medication, and advised me to, to follow up with my chiropractor. So, came home, you know, slept sitting upright. That was the first time I ever doing that, sitting in a fucking chair. Because mm-hmm. I couldn't even get in the bed to turn over. Like, it was that painful. But anyway, Saturday, go to the to our doctor, Marina. I fucking love her. And when I'm talking with her and I'm telling her, she's like, tell me what you feel. You know, you know she has an accent. She's Russian, so she has a very heavy accent. But she's fucking amazing. And as soon as I start telling her, I was like, I feel like when I'm breathing, it's the cording in my back. It's just it's in pain or whatever. And she just started laughing. And I'm like, doctor, why are you laughing at me? Mm-hmm. She's like, it's your ribs. I said, wait, what? She's like, it's your ribs. She's like, it happened to me before. Mm-hmm. And she's just so confident in, in calling out what the prognosis is and everything. And I'm like, what? and she literally went to my back and she was like, she hit the right spot. And she just, I was like, oh my God, like you're touching it. I was like, can you just massage it or whatever? So she talked to me a little bit. She laid me down on that, on that good old, good old, uh, with her little table she got. Yeah. Baby. And she, within five minutes, she put me up to the machine, worked some muscle shit out, whatever. But she put I guess my hip had came out of alignment from my spine. Didn't know that was possible. Who knew? Yeah. So when she did that, I was fucking. I was healed. It was like the best fucking thing ever. I mean, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah. So that was um my that that was it was concerning, but I was glad that 
she knew exactly what it was and she was like she was surprised that the ER physician they didn't recognize it couldn't call up I guess call it out appropriately but I was like well he did kind of you know do a exercise with me and he found out where the pain was coming from that's why he thought it was a pull muscle or what have you so mm-hmm. but all in all I'm clear and good everything's been great and then Saturday night we uh Saturday daytime excuse me we uh we went to Taylor Swift tour. We did. The day was too beautiful. We didn't want to stay in all day. So the best thing we thought to do was to go inside of a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> and see her whole fucking tour. Now, normally, <laughs> we drove to the we driving As we were driving to the movie theater in my car, I get an indication that oh. I have a fucking flat tire. <laughs> my mm. tire is low. Then I went to, oh, shit, your flat, shit's flat. So we have to drive back home get your car so that could that pushes back a little bit we're like oh you know what okay the movie has about 15 minutes of previews we should be fine right yeah. going to amc century city not so much the movie started at what uh 130 let's let's say 130 we got that 145 mm. i think it was it was, like, it was actually 430 we got that 445 baby taylor was in uh already on screen performing oh yeah she was already hitting a one-two step <laughs> Uh, so we don't know exactly how much we missed. I hate that we missed her coming out because yes. I would have loved to see that. Um, that energy, I'm sure, would have went up. But yeah, and, but the surprising thing, Taylor Arrow's tour movie is the actual tour. There's no like behind the scenes shit like you think we, that we're going to probably get with Beyonce's Renaissance. There's nothing like that. This was literally her tour. Like we spent half a fraction of the money that people spent. To see her. But the thing is, it couldn't have been anything else because it is already a three-hour fucking movie. Like, if there was anything else they would have had to cut from the performance, uh, which I'm glad that they didn't for those who weren't able to go see it. And you can still tell, even though we were there for like three hours, there was still some editing done. Right, her quick changes. Uh, Yeah, like it it was still... We were still there, I'm sure, much less than the people were that actually went to the concert. Yeah. So, to you guys, I salute you because my <laughs> knees and my ankles wouldn't have been able to do it. Ooh. So, seeing Taylor's tour, <laughs> what are your thoughts about what we saw? So, uh, I'm just going to be completely honest. If you are not a Swifty and you have not gone to the tour, I would say... Take you a snack. Your blood sugar may get a little low. It because I'm not a I'm not a movie snacker, right? right? Like I don't need the popcorn. I don't need the drinks because it'll make me have to go pee. Like, but during the middle, there's like a ballot portion, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm gonna need something to keep me awake." Yeah, because it was you know it was dark. The air was crisp, and. I enjoy Taylor's music. I genuinely do, but I by no means am a Swifty. I would say out of everything that she performed, I knew probably, I'm being generous, like 60% of it. So there was a lot of the show that I was, you know, just bopping out to. But Homegirl, she performs her ass off. She's up there for three hours. Yeah. All her, just her, her dancers are... The people that made movements behind her. I this is a very expensive tour. Mama's got the budget. <laughs> yes. I'm 
not saying it is better than Beyonce's, but what I am saying, it's more expensive than Beyonce's tour. And I know for all of you friends out there that have gone to see Beyonce and probably haven't seen Taylor, you're like, what? It can't be. What they're, do you they're mean? Like, they're clutching the pros in the car right yeah, now. Because, like, oh my God. No, because Beyonce's tour, the Renaissance tour is, is expensive as fuck. She has a big ass horse that comes at like Mama spent a nice coin. Which was not Taylor money. But Taylor <laughs> spent money, coins. <laughs> change, change, change. I w- it, 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 again, not even knowing all of her catalog, I would have loved to see it in person because there was no dollar spared on no. this fucking tour. At like all. the things that Beyonce had at her tour, Taylor has all of that. Plus more, more times so, ten. So it's and then just times a, that by twenty. It, and, and I'm talking about from a production standpoint. I mean, lights, lasers, screens, sound, fog, sparks, fireworks, like all that shit. Taylor has it in spades, and it's just really good. It's great to watch. It's it's a spectacle. It's great to see it all, and you know, of course, a, a performer of Taylor's caliber needs it. More so than a Beyonce does, so I get it. But it, it's still just taking it for what it was on its own merit. It is a very visually stunning show. Yeah, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, minus you know the slight nod off I had in the middle. I thought the tours. I thought the show was amazing. I thought it was great. Um, I yeah. I think. I think the message of her tour and just the love part I thought was fabulous. Like you said, we went to uh, to the AMC in Century City. Full of young white girls and their mothers. The moms singing a song. The girls singing their songs. Some dads there too. Yeah. Some dads there. Some boys there. Yeah. Uh, young boys. It was just a great energy to be around. And at one point, the young girls, I'm sure you guys seen this on Twitter or X, you know, the young girls, they go to the bottom in front of the screen and dance and sing with each other. That was heartwarming. It was just a lot of great, positive energy to be around. Yeah. What say you? Yeah, so to piggyback off of that, yeah, the little girls, seeing them dance like they're at the high school dances with their friends and saw some gay boys down there, too, and just not even knowing each other, but knowing the songs and just embracing the moment of all that, that really was heartfelt. So I have a hot take. You usually do. Taylor concert was better than Beyonce's. I said it. I went to Beyonce's. And I was there. And I'm Renaissance. I'm a Beyonce fan. The shit was just fucking better. Like watching this tour. While we were there within two minutes. I was like I get her now. And I saw it because the crowd and the audience. Like the screaming that you heard. And now, mind you, we're in a movie theater, so we'll probably get the same experience from Beyonce, but um, when we see her movie in the theater as well. But Taylor's, so imagine you have a stadium. She would, so the, the film was filmed, film was filmed in the SoFi Stadium of LA. So it was the last date of her tour in the United States. So we have a stadium full of let's say ninety five percent of women, right? The high pitch of screaming that happened. We literally were outside the movie theater. We heard the screaming as we walked in. Like, this was crazy. So, the crowd seeing that, seeing her on stage, and what's our, what, what I really got was 
the moment that it clicked to me to say this is why she's so she's a, a mega star right now. Taylor writes music and she has music that makes you remember your childlike essence and the the parts of you being in the middle school or high school and having a crush on a boy or whatever and just being free and being inclusive like Beyonce Renaissance was for grown folks. It wasn't for teenagers. It was for grown. We grown as people dealing with that. We understood Cuff and we understand the songs. Taylor music can, can cross all age barriers. And so when you see grown ass women crying for Taylor Swift wearing bracelets and shit, you saw the joyful. I saw the joy in their face and, all, and also the, the innocent use that they had and just being emerged in that. And it, it made me cry. I was tearful. I, I the little gay the little gay boy in me, the little nine eight year old boy in myself who had I, I gave him permission to heal himself in that moment. I saw a lot of myself on on stage when Taylor was doing certain things, her movement, her actions. Like, have you ever been when you were a kid, your parents went to work and you were at home by yourself and you were just having scenarios or playing music videos and you having these things in your head and you just made your own worlds up and just with the the music and your one of your favorite artists like she did that and she you saw her execute that on stage and it was so relatable just even her little two-step the girl can she could hold a little two-step but even her dancers it was inclusivity with that like just the way she performed and the way people connected to her i was like i fucking get it and i allowed my inner child to heal someone watching this concert um, because I remember doing a lot of the things that she was doing on stages or just having these, this, what she does, she's great at, she's great at helping you use your imagination. And that's the big thing we don't do as, as adults, we don't, we don't use our imagination as no. we did when we were younger in, in the kids, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it just brought me back to that moment in life where, you know, it was difficult for me. Um, so I just... I just connected to that. And then once I saw it and I saw people, the, the joy in their eyes, I was like, I get this bitch now. And so, yeah, hands down, her concert, like you mentioned, the production, it was better than Beyonce's concert. I'm just going to, it just, there's no comparison of that. Like, none. Now, I will say, I can't wait to see the Beyonce movie. And I love Renaissance Tour. I fucking love it. I'll leave it once. I wish I could win it a second time. But if you see this Eros Tour, there's no comparison of Taylor and Beyonce. And this is not, this is not even up for debate. Like, there's no comparison to it at all. We talked about this at length at dinner once we, once we left the movie theater. And it's just the money that was put into this. It's just crazy. And it's like, I get how she is a megastar. So. Yeah. It's, not to cut you off. No. It, it, it was just, it, it, it was just very heartwarming. And then you mentioned something. About when you wish that little black girls could have the same experience that the little white girls were having. Because it just it was just a joyous moment. You just felt love and, and good energy going into this movie theater. And we probably the only two grown niggas that was probably there. Um, you know, with no kids and everything. But it was just a, a beautiful experience to, really, to see her. And I'm a Taylor fan. I'm not a Swifty all the way. But I know a couple of her albums. Um, and like you said, some songs it was like, okay, I don't really know this era. But... It was a cool. It was nice to watch her performing and and even have the illustration behind it with the dancers and the storytelling. So it was just really nice. 
Um, but yeah, yeah, sorry, people. Uh, but I can't wait to see Beyonce. I hope hers. I think. I hope hers goes to the caliber of Taylor's, but I do think she'll probably have more personal touches in in intertwined between the show and you know backstage stuff like that, and maybe personal moments. I feel like because from the trailer, it seems that way, and I think that's really want what her fans want to see in the yeah. first place because she is so guarded and she is so you know her personal life is personal yeah so i think people more so want to see that than just the tour the straight tour out and again beyonce's tour wasn't as long as taylor's so she could take that you know she extra does have the, yeah <laughs> she has the extra time to 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 splice that in but i i personally i can't I can't say that Taylor's is better than Beyonce's because I just resonate with Beyonce's tour, the album specifically so much more. So just from like a, like gun to my head, if I had, you know, a free ticket, who would I want to see again? I would, I would pick, I would pick objectively, Can you look at both and see like, Oh no, I said it objectively budget wise. Yes. Taylor is much better. I said that. Yeah, that's what I'm coming from. That's what I'm coming from. I said said that. Yeah. Like, again, love, didn't go to Taylor's concert, but love Beyonce's, but yeah, just, just, there's some things you just can't deny. And there's some things like, it just, the proof is in the pudding and it's there. And you just can't, you can't have the veil over your eyes as much as you may love the person. It's like, listen, the reality is, this is what it is. No, yeah. Objectively, (laughs) objectively, like I said, Taylor's concert is just the budget is just bigger yeah and it is more visually appealing uh but i would still say that renaissance is better to me personally because yeah. i know all of the songs oh no i, get that. Oh, <laughs> like, I, get I know that. all the songs I guess I'm just, I, for my 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 hot take on it is just looking at i'm looking at just objective like not even personal because again and i love Cuffing and doing all this shit with Beyonce, with the Renaissance tour Beyonce did. But I'm just looking at this strictly just performer to performer and just everything that was given. Taylor ate. She ate but see, all I the can't shit. Even, I can't even say performer to performer because to me, if you put a circus behind anyone, they can look like a ringleader. So performer, I, I think Beyonce is absolutely the stronger performer, even in the setting of renaissance because if i look at it this way if you pluck beyonce from her renaissance stage and put her on taylor swift stage it everyone's head would explode but if you pluck taylor swift from her era stage and put her on the renaissance stage it wouldn't hit the way that it well, taylor wouldn't that's hit not, the way that it would yeah I, I, that she did i know what you're saying with that but i guess i'm just looking at again just the value of, of, of the whole product in itself what beyonce gave and what taylor gave and just the way it was given it just seemed like taylor for me and just looking at it was just like there's no like again and it's not saying beyonce concert was a fucking great and fucking amazing so by no means i'm not saying that i'm just saying there has to be a winner and a loser. <laughs> like so, you know, it's just Taylor to me was hers just like shitted all on Beyonce. Like I see what I can see why her fans are like, Taylor's that girl. And I, I get it. I, I, I can totally see it and I totally get it. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um But yeah, that we we did that. Then we had dinner at Frankie's on um, Melrose and 
We fucking love that spot. Yeah, it's great. Don't go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Uh, but we met the yeah. actual owner. He was cool. He asked me, you know, he's a wise guy back in the day, and he gave us a very uh, elusive answer. Yes, so, he did. But yeah. it was, it was a good time. Had this past. Weekend. It was a really great time. So, can't uh, can't can't wait for more times like that. And what do you have going on this week, Vic? Uh, I'm going out of town. It's going to be great, and that's all I got to say. Yeah. <laughs> and the end. Um, so, are we going to move into these uh, hot topics because we have quite Let's a few? Into the people. And we've well, we have been... to talk about Taylor and Beyonce because that's just a hot take going on. So, we first want to say give a R.I.P. Rest in peace and paradise and power to Richard Roundtree. Passed away this week at 81 years old. He was the original Shaft. You know, uh, bad member Jimmy, shut your mouth. Um, I never saw the original Shaft. I know who he was. Yeah. After you know, obviously after Shaft, he did a multitude of different films and television shows. But back in the 70s, that was a, he was a big deal because this was the first time that the world. We're seeing black actors in the light of a superhero or mm-hmm. taking in that. And that was especially the beginning of, I want to say, black exploitation films. So, you know, um, he played a part in the culture. And so he would definitely be missed. And he had a long life and he had a, a long legacy, like I said, of different films and television shows. Did you have anything, any specific film that you loved of him or did you ever see Shaft, the original one? Um, no specific film at all. I saw Shaft, the original one, because my dad was a huge fan of exploitation movies, like a huge fan of that uh, era of film. So I saw like bits and pieces of it, but yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, apparently there was three different Shaft movies. I believe it. I know there was a recent one that had like, oh yeah, because yeah. it was the the uh, Samuel L. Jackson one. He remade it, yeah. and then it was a later yeah. Reboot, or yeah, the reboot that had um, the boy off of Queen Sugar, I want to say, but um, but yeah, Shaft bit score, then Shaft in Africa. Didn't know that he went to Africa, but maybe I'll check those films out now because well, learn about <laughs> some history. But yes, rest in peace to Mr. Roundtree, take a fair journey, sir. Um, continuing sadness, so, so fortunately, we have the report. On some mass shootings, but the mass shooting that happened in Maine, there were 16 people who were killed, I believe, and 13 injured by a lunatic shooter. And he is still on the loose. They say mm-hmm. he's armed and very dangerous. And they're asking the public to not engage with him and call 911 if you do see him. So I know we, our podcast, you know, is across America. So if you guys are in the Maine area, uh, please be safe out there. Be vigilant and make sure you you are protecting yourself. And if you happen to see the assailant, make sure you call nine one one. And don't act. They are recommending that people shelter in place until this uh, crazy man is found. So hopefully they can get on top of that sooner than later. Yeah. So continuing on with some craziness. Now this story here really kind of got to me in a way because I'm like. You know, we fly frequently mm-hmm. and quite often. And there was an off-duty pilot that was on an Alaska, Alaska Airline flight. And he attempted to try to um, cut off an engine. He was sitting in one of their, 
I guess there's different seats for different uh, smaller planes and where all duty pilots can sit where the, the the crew sit. And he was sitting there. He tried to shut an engine off and they apprehended him on the plane. And they also had to turn around. And so he's being charged with 83 counts of attempted murder. Um, he's a 44 year old man named 44 year old man by the name of Joseph D. Emerson. And the flight was going from Seattle to San Francisco. And he jumped into, like I said, a typical seat occupied by pilots and airline staff when the flight is oversold. And so luckily they found him in time and they were able to apprehend him and they had him in handcuffs. Now, did you ever did you hear the the phone call that they made? I guess the black box that they had the recording. TMZ had it. No, I have not listened to it. I honestly don't want to. That must be horrifying. Yeah, the pilot, surprisingly enough, sounded really calm as he was explaining, explaining the situation. And he was basically saying that they have him detained and they had him in handcuffs. So I'm assuming that the flight crew, they have a pair of handcuffs on site or something. I think they need to be armed with a weapon um, on the plane mm-hmm. because that would cut a lot of shit down. You know, if they have a cold or... Only the pilot knows where this weapon is or certain, you know, higher staff of the um, the stewards, Mm -hmm. you know, they know where this weapon is located and they can, you know, protect themselves and also the passengers. Could you imagine being on that? Because I know when I get on the plane, I size people up. I'll be looking like, okay, if someone try to pop shit off, who can I take the fuck down? Yeah. You know. That's. Literally one of my biggest fears. I have a feeling they're gonna lock his ass up and throw away the key, as they should. This absolutely needs a, uh, to set a precedent to anyone that may feel like they may want and try to do this. I don't. I didn't do an in-depth reading on the topic. I I just I heard about it. I don't know if he was suffering from any mental situations or had an episode, but. That is crazy. Yeah, if you want to end your life, sir, I mean, you know, I'm in, the, I'm in the, the world of, of trying to preserve life, but you have the right to self-determination if you want to end your life, but don't take other people with you. Like, that's not fair. Um, you know, hell, you could have just fucking bungee jump and don't, didn't, open, didn't open up your fucking shoe if, if you wanted to die from, the, from an airplane or something like that. Like, do that, Lord. but don't take people who are innocent and just trying to get to the destination, see their family or work, and you you're now causing trauma for them because you can imagine being on a flight and then Dude. hearing the reason why you guys had to stop and turn around. Like how do you how do you get in the mindset to get back onto a flight? I'm pretty sure they didn't explain it to them probably until they landed. They are probably just gave like a blanket statement. We're gonna have to go back to the we're gonna have to turn around, go back to the airport because of unforeseen engine troubles or you know the, probably something very PC I'm sure they weren't like there's a crazy motherfucker on the plane that just tried to turn off some engines y'all pray to whoever your god is uh, that we get back to the airport that would be crazy well, right god yeah I don't think they did that but also just the fact but even if if you're on a flight a weird turn we have to turn back around I know I would be pissed I would be yeah I would be more angry than anything yeah so then, then to find out like no he he needs to be under the jail because that's not okay, sir. Not cool. So, but that's the world we're living in. It's crazy and people are doing crazy things. People are also having some crazy demands and they're not allowing people to take them certain places on the first fucking date. 
and I do not understand why this is, but apparently there was a video that went viral of this lady who refused to get out the car when her date took her to the Cheesecake Factory. Mm-hmm. And she says in the video that, do you not see me? Do I look like I'm that type? I'm paraphrasing for the for the dramatics for the show. Um, do I look like the type of bitch that needs to go to the Cheesecake Factory? I, I don't do... Her words were, I don't do chain restaurants. Yeah. So I would have been like, so you don't, you've never been to Taco Bell, McDonald's. You look like a Wingstop type of bra. Like, you you don't tell me you've never been there before. Yeah. So, as a result of this, there has been this um, list of 28 places that people say you should not take on a first date. And this is, it was first for the ladies, but now... Guys have chimed in, the gays, everybody's chimed in. So I want to bring this list to you, friends out there, plus you, husband, to see um, what say you about these different places. I'm going to name a couple of places. Okay. Uh, so the first one is the Cheesecake Factory. Why are people hating on the Cheesecake Factory? Like, Cheesecake Factory is the fucking shit. It's a good time. I'm sorry. Call me a basic bitch. But <laughs> it's great for someone that doesn't know what they want because it literally has a little bit of everything in the world. But I'm saying, like, but when you hear these other restaurants, you're like, and you put the cheesecake at number one, like, you're going to say, I hop is 13, but cheesecake factory is number one. Like, come on, for real. Yeah, there has to be levels to that. Yeah, there's levels to this, this situation, but I'm going to go through the list. So, number one with cheesecake factory, two Applebee's, three Chili's, four Chipotle, five Olive Garden, six The Movies, seven Your House, eight Any Fast Food Chains. Nine Buffalo Wild Wings, ten Wing Stops, eleven Red Lobster, twelve a uh, Buffalo something, thirteen IHOP, fourteen Denny's, fifteen the Gym, sixteen Church, seventeen Starbucks, eighteen Coffee Dates, nineteen Ice Coffee Dates, twenty Family Functions, twenty one a Movie Night, <laughs> so Netflix and Hulu's included in there, twenty two somewhere that requires. Uh, walking 23 bowling 24 nightclub 25 hookah bar 26 a bar and some and waffle house is on there and also a sporting event so i have a question for you because our first day you came to my house mm-hmm. so so i guess they say that you're just a basic hoe or oh, i'm a basic nigga i don't know that the fact that that's whack so do you think that these places I just named are completely off limits for a first date or taking someone out on a date too? Well, some of them, yes. I will, I will say that. Uh, Chipotle is wild. I'm honestly astonished that it's before, what was it, Red Lobster or Olive Garden? Yeah, Red Lobster. <laughs> you know, Red Lobster got the Cheddar Bay Beach, but they're, they're number 11. But yeah, like Chipotle, Chipotle having Chipotle behind i mean a lot of other places as well but yeah i mean it it's all about what type of connection that you truly want to make and there's nothing wrong with having standards uh, you know for yourself but they have to be realistic um yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have a problem with cheesecake factory honestly i I honestly wouldn't have a problem with like a coffee date. Like people are like wild and tripping and focusing on the wrong things. They'd rather have someone take them out to, you know, fucking Chez Pierre, holler to the Daria fans. 
but to like a fancy bougie ass restaurant and have the dude leave them to go with another bitch later like the priorities are off is what i'm saying like if you have a connection with someone and you know the whole point is to have a conversation and to talk and to kind of figure out who you're gonna let shoot your club up so you're not on instagram later talking about how you wish you know you could pick your baby daddies and how you hate this bitch and she's a gold digger like i don't know just we need to start as a collectively as a whole we need to focus on more important things okay what about you i say don't request to go somewhere your bank account can't afford to take you on your own Oh, the that's end. true. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I don't know what it's like in the straight world because I've never, well, I've had girlfriends, but never took them on dates. But like even the gay world, when you know, I've taken, I've taken many dudes on dates and and had a couple take me. But my thing is like, if you can't afford to go to these places, don't sit here and use me as your fucking uh, tour guide to take you, or you will try to break my wallet because that's not gonna happen. Um, so if you can't afford it. I would easily be like, uh, you need to pay for your meal and thank you. Have a good night. So um, I can afford to go to certain places. If you can't, that's a problem for you. And don't feel like you about to be on a come up. And I hate people who use people. Like That's one of my biggest pet peeves. And, you know, it just seems like people when you when people do certain shit. It lets me know the type of character who you are, and that you just seem like you just you're just you're poor. Like <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like if you have to use someone for a meal to go out, like you're just fucking poor. I'm sorry. Like that's just that's not that's not that's not couth. Um, that's not decorum. Nothing by no means. And, and you want to be bougie, but you have not a pot to piss in or wanted to throw it out of. I remember I went on a date with this one guy. He took a salad home. I was like. Really, dog? Like you taking the salad right now? Not the Please. iceberg. And it was a CPK. It was a, it was a chicken chopped chicken salad, barbecue salad, some shit. But I was I paid for shit. I was like, and we, you know, it was some food left over. And mm-hmm. you normally, I've never seen no one take a salad home. I was like, you taking a barbecue chopped salad home? I think it for real. Maybe that was a midnight snack. You know, he had plans. I was Maybe like, add a little bit extra chicken to it when you get home. But I'm saying, like, so you. Are you that hard up on the meal, my nigga? You got to take the salad home, my nigga? But, you know, hey. That was in my early 20s. That's a long time ago. But um, I don't see nothing wrong with some of these places. Like, I would say the movies are probably... Be, the movies is probably the number one should be for me. I, you can't get to know someone at the movies on the first day. Absolutely not. Like, you're just sitting there in silence. Like, that just doesn't kind of go. You know what I'm saying? That and I would say church. Those are like two places not to take someone. Unless you met them in church. That's different. But you know, but Lita Cheese got fried the real long shit. I like my brown bread. It it is very delicious. Yeah. Tasty. Nice shrimp scampi. But I hope they stock has gone up. I hope the cheese get factory. Um, you know, they got a lot of different business. Now, y'all need to bring back Grand Lux to LA. Okay. That's what we need to start a list for the restaurants that we're missing. Because a lot of shit that's closing. Speaking of restaurants, Kitch 24 and West Hollywood is closing down. Not closing down. It is closed. It's closed now. Rest in peace. Oh my god. We were just there for fucking brunch. Also, another spot that we went to better than sex, the restaurant. It was a dessert restaurant on Melrose. They're now closed. Like, we need some of these iconic restaurants to stay open because 
Are people not eating no more in LA? Is that, is that what's happening? I blame Ozempic. <laughs> well, I need Ozempic. Well, I'm just saying, but I mean, you still got to eat somewhere. So, but yeah. So, friends, let us know how you feel. Let us know what is a place you feel you should not. Someone should not take you on a date. Go to our IG page. Put it in the comments. We'll talk about it to see what your responses are, and we'll share them next week. So, but. I guess list is a big situation going on because there's also a list about the Billboard artist who has the most number one hit. So I'll let you talk about this because music is your thing. Okay, so we recently had a new addition to the top Hot 100 number one artist, Taylor Swift. Now has speaking of Taylor, Tay Tay, your girl. Okay, she now has ten number one. Hot 100 Billboard uh, songs, which ties her with Janet Jackson and Stevie Wonder. All All three of them have 10 each. Now, let me run down this top 10 list so you can get, uh, you friends can get a better understanding of the recent uproar that is surrounding the Hot 100's uh, most number ones. So at number one, we have the Beatles with 20 number one hits. Number two, we have Mariah Carey with 19 number one hits, followed by Rihanna at three with 14 number one hits, and tied for fourth place is Drake and Michael Jackson, <laughs> with wow. both with 13 each, followed by Madonna and the Supremes tied with 12. After that, we have Whitney Houston at 11. And then followed by that, we have Janet, Stevie, and Taylor Swift rounding out the top list with 10 each. Now, what a lot of people are angry about, it happened a few weeks ago when Drake Drake uh, inked his 13th number one and tied with Michael Jackson. That had a lot of people upset because as you can imagine, there is no real... Drake is not Michael Jackson's counterpart when it comes to music. And it creates this false equivalency when you have all of these new artists like Ariana, like a Drake, surpassing these icons and legends uh, when it comes to number ones. And the reason for that, a big contribution, mainly for Drake and Rihanna, is because now digital is factored in streaming is factored in to how you know a lot of songs are going to number one now we're back in the day with the beatles with the mariah with the michael it was strictly based on sales you getting up going to the record store or even going online and purchasing these singles now for you know twenty dollars a month you can listen to them unlimited on your spotify on your YouTube musics and that is what is skewing the actual count of songs going to number one in today's time so people are saying there needs to be a different chart for streaming which Billboard has just announced and it's going to be coming through uh, in the next upcoming weeks I'm not sure if they're going to reassess and reevaluate the number ones that have already been given out to the newer artists like Taylor, Rihanna, and Drake. But um, 
it is unfortunate because in our lifetime, we will see probably Drake and Rihanna overturn Mariah and the Beatles rankings, which is crazy to think about. It is because how's it? I don't even, I can't name you 13, 14 Rihanna songs. Like, I mean, I, I know I can't, but I don't think she had number one, but you told me it's because she's in a lot of features that were number one. So, so then she qualifies for that spot. So also, another way you can get a number one hit is if you're featured on it. It doesn't have to be yours. So, See, that's not fair. So three of Rihanna's 14 hits are not hers. Uh, she went number one with T.I. on Live Your Life. And she went number one twice with Eminem on two of his songs. Yeah. So technically, Rihanna as a solo artist only has 11 number one hits um but if you featured on a number one song that technically according to billboard.com will be counted as your own it shouldn't be because that's not it's not fair it's not (laughs) your collab yeah it's not it's not your work i mean it's your work but it's not solely just you yeah, because like those 20 Beatles songs is all them. Yeah. Those that's 19 like 20, Mariah like, Carey songs. It's all Mariah. Yeah. And she wrote all of them. Yeah. So, yeah, it's unfortunate because both Rihanna and Drake are extremely young and they have so much more ahead of them. So they probably will overturn. Well, Rihanna putting the fucking music out. So I don't even, she put music out 2045. Because she, she worried about her two babies, her beautiful children, and Fenty and Savage and all the shit she yeah. got going on. So. She's the Mac lady now. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, that's what's popping in, in, in music. Well, that's cool. Well, speaking of Rihanna, keeping her train going, Mama has another situation that is just, it's unbelievable. I mean, she actually surpassed. Some Michael Jackson, Prince, Whitney Houston, and she has had her Super Bowl performance that was about what was it last year, two years ago, last year, no, two years ago. That performance is now holding in the Guinness World Record for the largest TV audience in Super Bowl history. So when we saw her be elevated, pregnant, just doing the two step. Um, in the air, two step, just a sway. I didn't see them feet move the ground. (laughs) When baby Paris choreographed the shit out of that show, and all Rihanna did was just stand and and wave her hands, and she has now hold another record for the largest TV audience in Super Bowl history. So, congrats, Mama! Again, again, there's no Sade over here. We love Rihanna. Um, We just want her to put some new music out, but that says a lot. What do you feel about that? I am surprised because I'm, as much as I love Rihanna, that was not a great Super Bowl performance. But a lot of people went into it not knowing what to expect. Um, loving Rihanna, loving her music. Also, I believe around that time, it was a lot of you know speculation on if she was pregnant again. So I think that is what drew a lot of viewers. Just yeah. the inquisitive nature of what this would look like. Okay. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that the performance itself kept the viewers. Listen, someone go check on Tierra Marie. <laughs> Just put an ABB on Tierra Marie. Oh, check I mean. her socials. Just make sure mom was okay. Because could you imagine like seeing someone who stole your fucking career? Well, like it, legit stole your fucking career. And it and, it, and not saying it in a sense of you know Rihanna went 
behind her back. It was that Tierra was at the time put on the pedestal and pushed forward much further than a Rihanna. Like she's supposed to be at the height Rihanna is right now. Well, yeah, because the based on the said backing. that. that- there was a showcase and Beyonce was there and she was in the ear of I'm gonna say LA Reed, but it's not was it LA Reed? That was all Jay Z at the time. But it was Beyonce was there. The, the the story that goes, allegedly, is Beyonce was there, there was a showcase and Tierra was performing or, or Rihanna was performing. I think both probably performed. And she went I wanna say it was LA Reed and was like, kind of you need to look at her a little more talking about Rihanna than Tierra. And that's when Tierra her all her shit got kind of pulled back and was was being shelled and Rihanna got the the push forward mm. that kind of pulled her to where she is now billionaire so, status yeah. yeah so again I, I can see why Tierra you know allegedly became alcoholic and all the shit she's going through Love and hip-hop. listen so just check on Tierra Marie because the girl was hot she, and she was in high school like oh my gosh, that out, first like, album was the shit I'm sorry it had so many bops but you yeah. know such is life that sucks, man. Yeah, for uh, her. Jeez. Well, Tierra, shout out to you. Um, so, speaking of girl groups and people who um, lost some things. So, this group was really important to me. This was my, God, um, middle school, yes, situation. They they had us, they came out with, it was 702. Was it H-Town or High Top? No, not them. Um, I can't think of the group. But they... 702 came out and there was some boys that they did a video with. I can't think I can see the video in my head right now. I can't think of the song. But either way, we know that Irish recently passed from 702. Um and rest in peace, Irish. And Mila just took to her social and said that, you know, in lieu of, of her passing, they're still gonna continue with performing and they have some upcoming performances. And my question to you, friends out there and husband, is is it too soon? Because Irish just passed September 16th. It's now October 27th with this one air. It's been a month and two weeks. And we're talking about going back on tour. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't... I Her body's not even cold yet. Like I, I, would, I would have an issue as a fan. I'm a 702 fanatic of going to a concert knowing that you, you just lost a member. I would I would feel a certain way about that. What say you? Um, you got to strike while the iron's hot. Unfortunately, the bills don't stop, and this is probably the most. This is probably the hottest that they will be. I mean, we're talking about them. Unfortunately, yeah. popularity is gained by the passing of an artist and. You know, when someone dies, their music downloads and purchases skyrocket. And I think that this is smart on the girls that are still here because no one was talking about them before this passing, unfortunately. There was no tour to be had. So now that people are remembering this group and remembering their music, right now is the time to strike. Because if they wait, 
they'll go back into obscurity, unfortunately. I just think I think that TLC did it right. I think like you know what they took the time to mourn left eye. Well, like, TLC you know, is right. TLC. I know that there's the biggest. I'm not comparing a, TLC a, to Seven Hundred Two. Take not, a break. I'm not doing that. But, <laughs> but I mean, Seven Hundred Two was you took a break already. I'm just saying like. But no, they didn't take a break. The world took a break from them. Well, okay. There's a difference though. See, there's a difference. <laughs> but either way, just okay. Just also, Lamisha being that's your younger sister. You know, I'm like just a headspace of you're on stage now. Now it's just you and Mila. Like that's it. Just you two on stage. Like, well, I mean, that's all we heard in the first place. I mean, yes, yeah, granted, Mila's all we heard. We we got that. Even when, we, when they did the BET and it was um, everyone except for Mila on the show. Um, for the BET show for the yeah, girl yeah, group yeah. you know we understood that the vocals wasn't there for them but it, again I just as a fan of them of theirs I just I think it's just a little too so like can we at least get, let's go into 2024 like we only have two more months left and twenty twenty and and twenty twenty three. People like, gonna forget. No, <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying. Like it, it's just a little a little too soon. But good luck, best of luck to them. Um, if they are coming to LA, I would like to see them. But I hope it's in twenty twenty four because I can't I can't do twenty twenty three. Okay, I want to let Mama rest. But um, speaking of some rest that's happened, uh, Dwight Howard is resting easy now because he's now I'm not gonna say has come out the closet, but he has a uh, Admitted to having sexual relations with the plaintiff who was suing him for sexual assault. So who was a man? The, which is a man. He, <laughs> Can't leave that out. <laughs> um, he has acknowledged that there was no for, sexual assault or force of any kind, but through his attorneys. But the, it has been acknowledged that he did engage in same-sex acts. Listen. This is new for straight people. So straight friends out there, if you if you black and gay, we already knew about Dwight a long time ago. I remember when he first came to the Lakers, I was like, okay, all right, like there's a chance that you know I may see you out in certain circles or whatever. Like Dwight Howard's an attractive guy, so I was like, okay, listen, you can shoot your shot. But the kids already knew about Dwight a long time ago. It's just John Q, John Q. Public. Straight people are finding out that he, you know, um, goes both ways or prefer one over the other. So, any thoughts about him? Um, my or biggest thought. Or what? Uh, my biggest thought is at the end of the day, this is a sexual assault case. So I think that we, as the public, just needs to give it the level of seriousness as the allegations are. Like it. Like, a lot of people are treating it like a salacious, you know, scan- scandalo. When, like you said, it is information that is not that... <laughs> it's not... No, not really. it, it, but it's information that's not that salacious. Okay, a man is hooking up with another man. Like, it is... In the year 2023, there are homosexuals, bisexuals, pansexuals... Polysexual. Everything out there. And... Got and you know they're gonna be on your TV and right. they're gonna be on your favorite sports teams. They're gonna be in your city. They may even be in your house. So <laughs> you may have like, with one right now. Exactly. So it's like just let's be adults, people. <laughs> let's be adults. But it's funny because it's not funny. But you see on social, you know, people are playing. They're looking at old clips, basketball of him and different teams and engaging with other teammates and you know maybe having some. 
just guy on guy intimate affection. And there's nothing nothing that would warrant to say they all their game. Just being affected affection towards your friend or teammate. And so now people are like, oh, see I knew from there. That's the straight straight male fucking stupid ass mentality. But um it's unfortunate that he's he's going through what he's going through. Um also for the 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 victim we don't know what happened, so I'm not. I don't want to take a side on who's right, who's wrong. But I just would like for everyone to live in their entire truth, you know. So, um, that's all I got on that. Me too. But I do have a have you ever wonder why? Because we are now in October, when it's about to end, mm-hmm. and some things have been going on. And it's been more recent in the past, I'll say five years, that we're seeing that corporations are not allowing specific holidays to have their own fucking time and moment. And they're acting like Thanksgiving is not important. <laughs> just just for Thanksgiving? They're acting like, I don't really care about Halloween, but even Halloween is not important. Like, there were stores... Uh, showcasing Christmas shit in September. It's not Christmas season yet. Halloween hasn't happened. So why are these corporations trying to not allow these holidays to have their own moment and live in their fulfillment and give people the joy that they want? Listen, there's people out here who like scary shit and love Halloween. I don't get it. It's not my bag, but I let them live live, do their life. Mm -hmm. Enjoy your shit. I love Thanksgiving. Just primarily cooking and eating shit. Let me enjoy that. I don't want to hear Christmas music on Thanksgiving. I want to hear Thanksgiving music. I want to hear the OJs or some ratchet <laughs> shit. Thanksgiving music. Never heard of that one. <laughs> or whatever playlist you have played in the background when you're drinking and hanging out with your cousins. And then after Black Friday, hit me with the Christmas shit. Mm-hmm. But let these holidays have their own moment. What say you? You know, yeah. I mean, to a certain extent i agree i think at least let the month of the holiday end because it's like all of these holidays are at the end of the month so at the beginning of it yes let's go crazy let's fucking go have at it but you're right to see christmas stuff in september is wild and i for my work i go to a lot of different um department stores and I've seen full-blown Christmas trees done up with ornaments and decor, like lights and decor. Like you said, since early, early September, and I feel like it's getting, like it's getting earlier. Yeah, like I like, feel like we're gonna start seeing Christmas shit in July. In July yeah. yeah, like Mariah over here posting shit talking about defrosting. Bitch, I don't want <laughs> you to defrost shit. We ain't even put a turkey in the oven yet. Like Mariah. Put the turkey in the oven, then you defrost. Like, let us enjoy October again. I hate, I can't fucking stand Halloween. I fucking hate Halloween. But at least let the people who want to have it enjoy it. Yeah. Like, come on now. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. That's all I got for this. But I just let these holidays breathe on their own. They are important too. Hashtag justice for holidays. Justice for holidays. So, friends, on that note, we will be right back, take a break, and we're going to come back with the Reality Roundup. BRB.
We are back with the reality roundup and we are going to start with a good old friend. The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Baby, listen. That need more excitement. Beverly Hills is back, okay? We got the drama. We seen all the shit. We're about to go in. There's so much things going on with these ladies. I'm excited. How about you? I've missed them so much. I took a light approach to the introduction because it wasn't that much drama this first episode. <laughs> Shit, that that damn trailer they were showing, it was all the drama up in that trailer. Oh yeah, and, and the, the trailer, I guess, the two minute trailer, yes. The 50 minute episode, not so much, but I, I, I did just miss these women and I'm glad that they're back in whatever capacity. I know that this season will not be as fiery as last season. It will not be Kathy Hilton calling people uh, faggots in, <laughs> you know, a, a, a club. But I, I'm ecstatic to see that the ladies are back sans Lisa Rinna. I must say her presence was missed for me. But all in all, it was a really great episode. It was a really good starter. I'm glad that we touched base on everyone i'm glad we focused on who we focused on i just regret we didn't hear anything from crystal what <laughs> what say you i think we heard like two sound bites from crystal um well i was surprised that we opened up with um pk of all people um that's the first shot that we see as we're brought back to season what's this 13 of beverly hills I think so. And the fact that, you know, we see this motherfucker eating potato chips, but um, I was here for it. I I need Dorit to be a blonde. I'm sorry, this chestnut brunette. I know you went through some trauma. Maybe you're kind of healing yourself. And it seemed like her hair is in, um, is holding her hoshes or she's uh, hair anonymous like Carrie Bradshaw was once she broke up with Big in the wedding she had to go in hiding yeah. I feel like Dorit's hiding from herself right now yeah. I don't feel like this is the full Dorit so I need the blonde back but you know it's a cute situation um listen the ladies pick right back up where they left off and it's nice to see that Erica is having to stand on her own. She doesn't have Rinna no more. And she actually addressed it. She was like, my friend is gone. Yeah. And they went to the email of Lisa basically giving her resignation and saying that she wasn't coming back after eight seasons. And it's going to be really interesting to see the new alliances that form because I think last year it was so... Like the lines were so heavily drawn in the sand. Like you know, right. you knew who fucked with who. Yeah, you saw the clicks and who. And you know, of course, who you went had to lunch after uh, exactly the reunion. And of course, you had last season Crystal kind of trying to bounce around all of the different clicks. But it's going to be interesting to see how those alliances kind of repopulate this season. Yeah, so we see that Dorit starts with um, she wants to have a healing group with a lady named Eagle Spirit or. Was her name Eagle Spirit? Eagle, Eagle, Eagle Woman. Yeah, Eagle Woman. And she wants to host it in, in Malibu. And so she invites all the ladies and they get together. And this is the first time they kind of come back. And for healing to address anything that's been kind of going on with them. And just to bring up grievances, basically, as I, I would say. And so they all show up looking cute. Of course, Dorit 
has the glam. This is what I missed though. There's no other housewife series that shows the ladies getting getting dolled up in glam just because it's Tuesday. Yeah. So because they don't have it. Like honestly, <laughs> honestly, they don't have it. They yeah. only wait for like special occasions, and I feel like when they have the opportunity to do it. They show it and they're excited and they're like, "Fuck yeah, Garcelle's, uh, Giselle's getting her makeup done." It's like, but other than that, on a GP, nobody's doing it like the Beverly Hills bitch. Yeah, Beverly Hills just 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 has the right formula, and so the ladies all get there and they all are very nice, um, starting out <laughs> with each other. We see that uh, Sutton has some um, new treasures going on. And Garcelle has finally figured out her hair situation. Her hair has been amazing on these different looks and her OTFs. She finally is the Garcelle I needed her to be as her first season. She's showing up to show out. Erica Jane shows up and she is Ozempic ready, but she says it's just hormones. But she also accounts for a lot of her behavior. She mentions the fact that, you know, I was in pain. I was going through some things and I, I lashed out to people and I can respect someone who can walk into a room full of people who you may have said some nasty things to and hold your own and really listen to when people are saying you hurt me or you, you did X, Y, Z to hurt me mm-hmm. and you're not making an excuse for it. You're just saying, okay, I get it because that happened. So we come to the circle. I'll say the circle of truth and the ladies are talking, and Dorite, the Eagle Scout or Eagle Woman mm-hmm. Spirit Leader, wants the ladies to kind of talk about what maybe bothering you or address a person. And so Dorit calls out Erica, and she mentions the fact that when they were at BravoCon, Andy asked a shady question about who is the next marriage you think is fake or it's or not going to last. Not gonna make it. And Erica, being Erica, was like Dorit and PK, and. Dorit's like, you know, that hurt my feelings. You were a friend to me. And Erica's like, listen, I'm a showgirl. And they asked a shady question, and I gave a shady answer. But Dorit felt, you, you're my friend. You should have did more than that. You should have just, you know, maybe not answered it. And Erica's like, I didn't want to answer. So I tried not to answer the question, but they kept pressing. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're at BravoCon. You have thousands of fans there. Of course, you're going to perform. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Erica did something wrong in that, or do you think, or would you have done the same thing Erica did? I, I mean, it's hard to say, honestly. Like if they, if, with friends, no, I wouldn't have done with er- what Erica would have done. But with like co-stars, <laughs> I probably would have. And I honestly don't even think that Dorit gives a fuck. Honestly, I think it's just something to talk about or, or a, a, a stance to take with Erica because nobody's still talking about the Eric or uh, Tom Girardi thing. So it's like, we gotta, we gotta bring Erica in somehow. We gotta make something up with her somehow. I think it was just so much other things you can, you can talk about with Erica, but not Dorit. There's not many things that Dorit can talk about with Erica that involves Dorit. Like you gotta think about who you're talking about. Dorit, can only talk about other people for so long <laughs> until she has to bring it back to her. So I think this was a little bit of Dorit playing the victim because, you know, that garners attention. Because I I, I thought I would have just laughed it off. Like, girl, if that's what you think, just check us out. Although 
<laughs> we come to find out come later to find on out that maybe watch what happens live. Yeah, that that Andy as so Kyle and and Teddy Malachi was on Watch What Happens Live after the episode aired, and he mentioned that hey, um, there's some rumors out there saying that PK and Dorit are separated, and Kyle gave a a friend look and answer and was looking like. I've never heard that before, but you could tell in her face that she knows exactly what the fuck Andy's talking about. Yeah. And that PK allegedly is living in a, a hotel and not staying at the the manor with Dorit and the children. So, but I think that was a big part of um, healing with between Dorit and Erica. I believe uh, Garcelle mentioned some, some issues with, was it with Kyle? I want to say well, there was there was some talk back and forth with the ladies, but they figured some things out for themselves. And, you know, they realized that, hey, we are a group. You know, we're going to have some things. We're going to hug shit out and keep it moving forward because that's what they do, mm-hmm. you know. So Sutton has a, um, a lunch with is it, um, her good, good girlfriend. Jennifer Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. And she talks about how she feels like her, she wants to show her success in her ex-husband's face because when they started out, they were so young and he had everything. So now she wants to show him that, hey, I don't need you and I'm doing life great. And I think that's a wonderful thing for Sutton. I really like Sutton. Yeah. Sutton's really good for this show. And because also she's a little messy. She's a little sloppy with her mess though. And I think this season is going to catch up with her based off the trailer. Well, I feel like every season she's been on has caught up with her. Like Sutton has been under in the gauntlet every season she's been on the show. The girls are always coming for her and ganging up on her. So I think this season will be no different. Well, we'll find out and see. But there was another scene that kind of um, sparked the conversation between us. And it was... Garcelle and her sons. Mm-hmm. Um, she met with her both of her boys who were um, twins mm-hmm. and then biracial. Father is Caucasian. Jax and Jaden. Jaden Jax or something like that. Um, one is really just looking off the aesthetics of them. One is kind of, you know, sporty, douchey a little bit, regular teenager. The other one is kind of, he was more so of Garcelle's heart, like mama's boy, but they had some real deep conversations. What did you think about the conversation of of, of the youngest one? I believe he's a younger younger twin, saying that he didn't really want, he didn't feel like he needs her to parent him right now. Like he needed her to parent him two years ago, and not in this moment. Um, I love the honesty and the transparency. I think that it's great, especially in black for black families to see. That it is okay to have a dialogue with your children because a lot of us are raised in like, don't talk unless you're like, don't speak unless you're spoken to type of situation. Yeah. And then you grow up with resentment and the parents wonder why you don't call them (laughs) and why you don't talk to them and why, you know, it's why do you have your own family? You don't want to communicate with them anymore. But this, I think, is healthy because they he was very respectful with it, which is important. But he voiced his opinion, and she genuinely wanted to hear him out and to understand him. I think it was a really great. I think it was a really great moment for for both of them. I it was. appreciated it being 
because they didn't have to show it, right? But yeah. I, I, I appreciate it that they did. And the fact that he was very articulate, and he, and he acknowledged, he was like, well, maybe we both could have been better at communicating or talking about something. And I just found that to be beautiful. And you see disappointment on her face, and she's trying to explain to them, like, listen, like I had to work. Like, yeah, you were with your dad for almost a year, but I was working. Like, I wasn't just running the streets. But I felt, you know, they may have needed their... He felt, he felt as if he needed his mom for whatever reason. And now he doesn't need her. And so that's a, a difficult pill to swallow, I can only imagine, for her. Because she's still like, you don't let me parent you. And that's what that was the thing she said. And I felt that, like, wow. Because that's her identity as a mom. And she feels like, I failed you now, you know? Mm-hmm. And we come to find out in the next episode that... Um, there's a, uh, I won't say storyline, but a hot topic is one of the sons wants to live with the dad full time, mm-hmm. which I think at a certain point, you know, he's a male and maybe he should live with his father at a certain time, you know, cause it's the things that the dad can teach that mom can't, you know, really teach him or what have you. So, but uh, I love the fact that she showed this side of her vulnerability mm-hmm. and it just makes you connect with Garcelle even more so, and also love her boys even more because one was just like, I want to get to back to my girlfriend. Like, I don't yeah, care about the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> so, it was a good time. But uh, the last thing that we come to is the biggest story of, I think, this year in any Housewives franchise is uh, Kyle and Mauricio are heading towards, well, they're separated now. But we see how, what transpired to get to this point. Yeah. And to the point where, Kyle has five tattoos, and Marisha had no idea she had that many tattoos. Now, I know your body. You know mine. Mm-hmm. If I had a tattoo of my body, you wouldn't recognize I would hold. Yes. And I, <laughs> and I would know on you, too. So, that lets me know that they've been kind of not in sync for a while. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely going to be the story of the season, which is why they left it last to kind of give you a breadcrumb to come to the episode next week but my biggest takeaway from this interaction between the two of them is kyle is already checked out she is already over it and mauricio has definitely fucked his way around los angeles because you can just get the energy from kyle that she is rebellious she is passive aggressive and she wants to agitate him in a way, specifically on camera, that is almost like a way of payback for something he's done to her. Because a lot of the things he's, she's saying, you can tell it's catching him off guard. Like, he's literally looking at her frowning like, what? <laughs> like, what, are, what? Where did that come from? You can tell he wants to, he probably wants to say... Like, where's this all coming from? But he's not because, you know, they're on, on camera. So he's just kind of, okay, let, yeah, let me put a pin in this and ask her this <laughs> shit once the cameras go down. But, yeah, she was not she letting... Was she was sassy. Yeah, she was not letting up off his neck the entire no. time that camera was there. And then also we come to find out that Kyle has stopped drinking for the past, I guess, seven months. Or since they last filmed and the reunion... Um, apparently she's been, you know, on her health kit. She's lost some weight. She was already small anyway, so I don't know what weight she lost, but she lost something. She's been working out, 
And she has, you know, the new friend that is she met on Instagram who's a lesbian, is a country singer. So she's been hanging out with her a lot, also getting tattoos. And so she said something that was really interesting. She said that by her not allowing Kathy to abuse her anymore and, and saying the abuse because she's a younger sibling and she always had this situation of Kathy will talk to people a certain way. People allow that to happen. Mm. And so Kyle's like, I'm not allowing that to happen anymore. So she's getting her sense of freedom back, her sense of self. And so she tells Marisha, like, I'm not allowing anyone, mm-hmm. including you, to talk to me crazy. Like, I'm taking back my my power and my voice. I'm, I'm standing in my truth. And I think, to talk to your point of rebellion, I think that's just her saying, okay, I've been a mom. T- I've played this role. I did X, Y, and Z I'm supposed to do and still get this and I don't have... Now my sister doesn't fuck with me. She's put my business out there. So fuck it. She's at her fucking stage, I think. Yeah, I think it. And and she said that to Mauricio. It. I think it was more so no one can tell me what to do as opposed to talk to me any kind of way because he told her don't get any more tattoos. He was like, that's enough. And she was yeah. like, no. She's like, if I want more tattoos, I'll get more tattoos. And I think she's in a place of like you said. She's played this perfect role. She's tried to be the perfect sister. She's tried to be the perfect wife. Yeah. She's no longer the perfect mother because they're all grown and they don't need her anymore so she's at this point in life where it's like well fuck i've sacrificed so much of myself what do i have to show for it a sister that's not talking to me a husband that is fucking his dancing with stars well, instructor after that but yeah but, but fucking you know was about him doing whoever shit. yeah, yeah. The, the streets have been talking for a while with mauricio but and, you know, kids that are moving out of the house. So she's focusing on her and she's, you know, Stella's getting her groove back. She's in that era of her of her journey. Yeah. And I just I think when you find one spouse doing something, the other one doesn't do anymore. And I, so just ride with me for a second. They both enjoyed drinking. They both enjoyed hosting parties. And it was always cocktails. Mm-hmm. Marisa's drink. He smoked weed also. So when she stops doing that, it's like, so when you were entertained now, you're just drinking water. Like, that was a big connection that what you guys did together. Mm-hmm. So when once you start, once one person changes the, the behavior and then you guys, a commonality you guys had, you don't do it anymore. That's a big sign. It's like, okay, so what's going on here? Like, because normally we do this together. So if you're changing, it should... You would think it'd be a conversation. Hey, I'm going to get healthier. Why don't you try this with me? Whatever. But... If you just go cold turkey and he's still doing him, I, don't, I just feel like there was a they're they're not connected in a way, and maybe he didn't see the signs or or what have you with it. But knowing that again, they host so many parties and they alcohol was always a base around their um, social circle. It's really interesting to see that she's not drinking and being a part. So I wonder what's that dynamic like now, present day. Well, I know they're separated, but you know. While this was filming, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's different when it's based around health and like just wanting to. I, I guess I, I I could understand your argument more if it was more so external things that they would do together, but like well, she, wanting to like no, go out the health scare though. Like, no, but like, I, I, that we know of, but. Also, just wanting to be healthier, like wanting to, you know, walk up a flight of stairs and not be winded. Like it could be at that 
simple or not being as bloated or as greasy or as you know as puppy faced it could be something that's you know minuscule but yeah i yeah so it was just something i picked up on i pick up on certain things it was just like oh that was interesting the fact like that's something you guys did together all the time you host events together and alcohol was a big component of that and now you've you've taken yourself out of that element and now you're on this new path and he's probably still there so that when that comes together what do you do with that so that's all mm. it, it will be interesting to see but we will see how many episodes they have this year is it 25 oh i have no idea not that many i don't okay. believe well we'll see what happens in the next i'll say 18 episodes yeah let's give them that see what happens with the ladies of real housewives of beverly hills so now we're going to move on up take a flight to the east coast for roni for the reunion reunion part one or as i like to call it size apology tour <laughs> uh talk about renaissance this is the apologies uh world tour so the ladies essentially sit down with andy and he goes through each one of them looking at their highlight reel of the season and he starts with, I believe, Aaron. And yeah. he just bounces back and forth. I think the only one... Did we get to all six of them? Yeah, um, all six. In this first episode? Yeah. So, mainly this episode was looking back at the season and everyone's you know, highs and lows and kind of dissecting, dissecting that. All of the women took turns coming for Aaron, and rightfully <laughs> so. Mama's earned her first seat, she and did. you know she's very much so the Giselle of this franchise. You said it perfectly, where she can dish it, and when it comes time for the reunion, she takes it perfectly. She's like, "All right, all right, okay." She's like, "Yeah, no, yeah, I'm the bitch. <laughs> like, Guilty as charged, right?" But you know, come. it's water off a duck's back for her. She's like, "All right, let's let's go." And at one point, she said to Jessel, "She was like, what about sign?'" She basically was like, "What about sign?" Jessel was like, "Don't you worry, I'm making my way down to that end of the the couch." Or as Brent said, I can't hear you from down there. What? She's like, "I can't hear you from all the way over there." It was hilarious because I truly believe that Sai was gagged that she was at the end of the couch Absolutely, I, I know that there was probably conversations and you know Sai and um, Bryn were super close yeah. so they probably even discussed that like oh girl it's, I, I hope I'm not at the end of the couch I hope I'm not the so I feel like Bryn took that dig purposefully and it was fabulous because it landed and it, it, it felt <laughs> Amazing. Oh yeah, listen, Brands and Aquarius, we calculated. We we you know our reads. But somehow Bren and Sai are now on the outs and they haven't been talking um since fil uh, since filming wrapped and the show has been airing. So that adds another person that Sai has gotten into it with on the yeah. show. And it, what frustrated me for this first part of the reunion, no one is calling that out. No one is calling how she is the common denominator. I feel more so than Aaron when it comes to altercations with these bitches. Like, no one's saying 
and, and what infuriated me about Sly this episode more so than anything the entire season she was very zen she was very apologetic she was very like let's move on i apologize i'm sorry what ne- what's next yeah. and it's like okay you've seen the tea leaves you've been on x you've been on instagram you see that majority of the fandom hates you so <laughs> you're here trying to switch it up completely and i feel like the women are kind of falling for it like where they're so hell-bent determined to make Aaron a a, you know atone for her sins they're kind of forgetting that Sai was is just as culpable if not more and it was more of the aggressor and agitator specifically in the Jessel situation of it all than Aaron yeah I don't think Jessel has forgotten that I think Jessel just got cut off and we have she to couldn't see Sai all the way well, I think wait for part two it just is gonna get in that ass but yeah um, I completely agree with you size apology tour and it's just because she's so feisty and uh, i do believe she, like you said she saw herself and was like oh shit like this is not a good look especially for the reboot like the fans have a love uh roni this year um even the past roni alums have like the girls did a good job like they're doing no yeah everyone's shocked even andy's gooped to how yeah. good this is so the fact that you have people invested and your behavior was completely horrible and deplorable. I mean, you know, hey, put. I need you to come with that same energy you had the whole season. And when yeah. you come in with your tail between your legs, it's like I can't respect you on that. It's like, and that's the part for me that I don't have a problem. I have a problem with. If you're gonna be the villain, own it and lean into that role. Like yeah. how Lisa Renna leaned into her villain role towards the end. Like she was at BravoCon flipping everybody <laughs> off. Like she was like a <laughs> WWE wrestler and shit. Right. Like you need to. Okay, if this is what I'm giving off, then this is what I'm going to do. It's the backtracking yes. that is so, I feel, un-housewife-like. Because in the realm of housewives, and when you think of successful housewives, they all fit a specific archetype. And they lean into it, and they own what that is. Whether you're the calm, cool, and collected Cynthia Bailey, or you know, you're the popular girl you're candy burris everyone loves you and you're the mediator or if you're you know the bitch kenya nini you're yes every every franchise has them but it's like when you when you're one all season and then you kind of like come back and (laughs) who said that exactly it's (laughs) like playing portia those are not those housewives never see longevity because it's like they don't they aren't owning what they're doing so they can't they can't do it over and over again for multiple seasons. It's like, okay, you were just lucky this one season, or you were just... Yeah, because I feel like Sai is a facade. I don't know the real Sai. I don't know exactly. who you are. And that's the part that's scary, because, again, she's she's contriving. She's going to show you what she wants you to see. Because of whatever her struggle was in life, but it's like, if you want people to, to genuinely like you, you have to be gen- a genuine person. And I just don't get that sense from her. Especially the fact when she tried to apologize to Brand and Brand's like, so why now after six months? Like you've been on press tours, you've been on podcasts, and you said something as recent as last week, but now you want to change it up. Yeah. So, but we also see that Umba has some um, issues with the chicks, with the ladies. More importantly, <laughs> with um, no, I was about to say Umba ain't got shit with nobody but Aaron. <laughs> well, Aaron and also Jenna, Jenna Lyon. She she kind of yeah. 
spilled the beans like Jenna Lyons is a more powerful. Um, she's not the person that you, we see on camera. Which she kind of alludes to that Jenna is maybe more, I don't know, uh, uh, a bitch or more. No, she's just more, she said more of a boss. She's more of a boss in real life. And towards the end of the episode, I forget who else, someone else was trying to make the point that um, Jenna is the most authentic and transparent and she is the most self-deprecating out of all of the women. It was Sai who said that because she's like, you know, on, on, yeah, you're on your, uh, your bossness and that, and Ubo's like, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Like on television, she emphasizes more of her shortcomings. Yes. Than she does in real life. And I feel like, yeah, she she highlights her loses is more so than her wins. Exactly. And that's what I think Uba was trying to articulate, but didn't. And it did come off as, you know, oh, she's more of a bitch in person or she's more. But I completely understood when Sai said it and then Uba was like, that's what I meant to say. I can, yeah. I can understand where Uba was coming from. It's like, okay, because in real life, I honestly feel like Jenna Lyons leads fucking v- vagina first. Like, I feel like Jenna Lyons <laughs> walks, walks into a room. Yeah, she walks Pussy into the room and she is that bitch. Like, you don't become who she is in the fashion industry by being, you know, wasp, docile, waspy, or, docile, yeah. and self-deprecating. You kind of yeah. have to believe your own hype. And I do think that is a tactic. Goes back to what you said when we first uh, were introduced to the ladies where everything that we see of Jenna, it comes off so effortlessly, but there is a level of um, preparedness. Yes, she yeah, she definitely prepares and she's calculated. There's exactly there's that level of calculating mm-hmm. behind it, and if you are self-deprecating, you're you tend to be liked more. You tend to be looked at as more relatable, and you tend to not be looked at as si. So I do think that there was a level a level of you know of you know, tactics that went into what we've seen this far of uh, Jenna Lyons. Now, what about our girl Brent? Because you know we both love Brent. I didn't, um, I didn't appreciate her uh, little house in the prairie virgin whore uh, whore outfit that she called it. That prairie whore, a Titanic brothel. It was very <laughs> weird. Yeah, it was like the whore on the it. ship of Titanic. I, I didn't get it either. She's way prettier. Than this, I honestly wish that her that she took uh, Aaron's dress like the little skimpy. Like Bryn gives that energy, like short, skimpy yeah. type. I don't know where. Uh, yeah, this the witch's <laughs> hooker outfit. Came it's just it's it's just it's like Victorian. It just doesn't read well. And then my thing is, if you're gonna do that, have the hair to go with that. You have this long flowy like It just it didn't. Yeah, it, it didn't look the best. It, it wasn't put together well. It she did. needs a gay around her to help her get the look all the way there if you're going to do it. But um, how did you think she did with the ladies in the reunion? Oh, I think that Brynn is as sharp as a whip. I would love to see her. I don't know. I just would love to see her angrier because I feel like she, for me, she could be like the read assassin of this franchise and she just leans into it a bit more like what she said to Sai about being all the way at the end of the couch like she just 
she could really like again going to the archetypes and the roles like she could really lean into the Candace Dillard Bassett role yeah. of this franchise. I think Mark Kenyon more. She she has more Kenyon more reads. I I I feel on that like level I think. But I, I get what you're saying. I feel like she um, definitely is leaving a lot on the table. But the entire left side of the couch for me carried the whole reunion between Jessel, Bran, and, and Uba. That's who I'm hanging out with. They carried the <laughs> like, whole reunion on their fucking backs. It was one moment they all agreed to something someone said that was like just started laughing. It was just a, a mm. whole just a whole kiki moment, and it was just it was fucking great. I will say this: Jessel surprised the fuck out of me, and I'm I am Team Jessel. I am You're understanding her fandom because her name is Jessel Tank. So she calls her fans tank tops. So tank you're a tank top? I'm a tank top. <laughs> you're a tank top? I'm a brown tank top. Because what she did to get to that first seat and then she held her own. She didn't back down. And she led with her pussy first and was like, no, I'm going to tell you some shit. And she ran the house down boots. And I and I can't wait to part two to see what she's going to say to Cy. I was just about to say, I feel like she just barely scraped the top. Uh, this episode yeah. of like the level of going in that she's going to do. Yeah, she watched the show. She was like, okay. You know, listen, mama, anyone who takes notes in their cell phone about the group, I'll fuck <laughs> with you. Because she's like, I'm not missing a motherfucking thing. She had her reads read. She'd been practicing the reads. Her in the, in the mirror. <laughs> in the mirror, right? baby. Okay. <laughs> Pavit. <laughs> How does it sound, Pavit? Like, right. So I'm telling you, Jess has been practicing. So at first I was like, uh, why is she here? I'm now a fan of Jessel. So, listen, New York did a great job. I can't wait for this coming Sunday to see part two, to see how it concludes, because we see Bryn has some exchange with Umba, and, you know, she tells Umba, you know, you put people... No, she was like, I'm not afraid of you. I'm not scared of you. You cuss people out or... I go to jail. I put them in jail. I'll take them to the funeral home. Some shit like that. So I want to see what that's about because it's like, which I always find it interesting. You, you, when you sit next to the person, you and then you have a fight with them. I know it's so awkward. Like, it's like it's really fucking awkward. Like, how does that work? Because <laughs> like you're like right there. Like I want to punch you, mm. but you can't punch the person. But then and then two seconds later, you guys are like, this is a sisterhood, and I'm so happy, and mm. you know to experience with all these, and I love you guys. And then two seconds later, fuck all y'all bitches. So. But that's Real Housewives of New York. Uh, part two comes on this Sunday. Make sure you guys tune in. Tell us what you think about it. And we're going to move on to Married at First Sight. And we have some ceremonies that are still happening. And some that didn't happen. Listen, I, we are three episodes in. And we still haven't got, or two episodes in. Uh, and we still haven't gotten through all of these weddings. We haven't. The Rocky Mountain romances, we haven't. I don't understand. <laughs> it Honestly, to me, it boils down to Lifetime just wanting to get the ad revenue. Like, the longer the episode, the more commercials, the more money. Because they are not listening to any of their fans. <laughs> if you go on X, the consensus is these episodes are too damn long. There's too much filler. No one wants this. No one is pleased with how this season, last season, the season before that. But Lifetime is like, 
We don't give a fuck. But I will say, I think they have sped it up this season prior to other seasons. Because other seasons, we'll still be on way number two on episode two. So at least we we only have one more left. We were left with one more at the end of this episode. And they even show... Well, I don't want to... Um, do it. Jump the shark, but they even show the, the one the guy who got left at the altar, Michael. Michael. They even show that, and it's like, okay, well, he got left. Why are we still filming him? That's. But the- I, 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 because you want he's a, the experience of it all, and to show his reaction. So I get it, but they could have trimmed some of that fat down, and they had the last wedding on this. They could have did all the ways these two first two episodes. They Absolutely. Really yeah. Like, the fact that, okay, I, I understand we want to see Michael's reaction and how things played out, but when they gave him his first segment, I was like, okay, I got the gist. When they came back to his ass, I was like, why are we still <laughs> focusing on Mike? We're not going to see him the rest of the season until, like, the corny cheesy meetup at the end of the season where everybody come back and he's just like standing there by himself. So it's like, why are we even giving him multiple segments in an episode? It, I don't have well, the stamina. Since, so, do you think they're going to allow him to go to the honeymoon? Probably. Probably. <laughs> just so they can extend this shit just have something else to film. He's probably going to be there fucking making the cocktails. Hey, guys. <laughs> I, it, it, I, yeah. It, which I mean, what happened to him is unfortunate. I, it really is. If I was in his shoes, I personally would have preferred if they just didn't show. If they just scrapped I, my you segment, out, like you know what, just out me out. Yeah, like, just opt her out. Out me out. Love is blind. Me like <laughs> I don't want nobody to find out until a year and a half later yeah. when they're like, actually, it was four. Co-. Yeah, like yeah, I would have preferred that. What's yeah. you? No, I totally agree with you on that one. I think that, but also it. This is the first time this ever this has have happened, and because we have people, we've had you know young ladies who were like, "Oh, I know who he is," or "I don't know if I can do this," but then they 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 follow through with it. But this is the first time she walked down the aisle was like, "Yeah, nah, dog, I can't do this." After, <laughs> but honestly, when I found out that she was the one that sent the sword and the crown, right, and to him. he wore it. When we first saw it, the first episode, we were like, this fucking idiot. No wonder why she said no. But the fact she gifted it to him and he had the balls enough to be like, you know what? She gave this to me. I'm going to put it on. Yeah. If I would have, if I saw that, I would have been like, oh my gosh, let me give him a chance. Like, he seems confident, fun. He doesn't take himself too seriously because he's standing here with a fucking sword and a a crown crown on. That would have warmed my heart. When I found out he did that for her, it was like, oh, it made me feel bad for him even more. But I'm curious to know why did she want to, why did she not want to share her story? Or at least say, you know, this is the reason why I stepped away. I got cold feet. I just realized this is just not it. Not because like, that leaves questions for him to say, "Am I unattractive?" Like it's me, you know. That leaves that burden on him, and I don't. I hope I what I my wish for him is he gets some closure from her on this and realize that it had nothing to do with you, and it was my shit. I really hope that she allows him that grace. 
so he can ha- so he can have proper healing from this. Because again, he stepped on the fucking ledge, that, yeah, and yeah, so did that. she. But you chose not to continue on with the process. But I do think you owe him an explanation of why you said no. You couldn't do this. I more so want to know logistically and financially what does this look like for her? Because I'm sure there were contracts that were signed. I'm sure there was obligations legally that she had to abide by or else this wouldn't have been the first one to have done it. So I'm like, did she pay a fine? Did she say, okay, I'm cool with eating this cost? Because I'm sure it's not, you know, okay, well, we won't pay you your filming fee, your shooting fee. No, I'm sure it's like... They're out of money for putting the wedding together. They're out of money for Film. for Crew, filming crew. Yeah. They're out of money for the dress, the ring. Like there's so many things that the production company is out of money for that they're not just going to let her. Okay, we understand. You can go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure lawyers came in and was like, "Bitch, if you do this, this is what's going to happen." And she had to have been okay with that. So I want to know just from a a very boring legal standpoint. Yeah. What is she going up against? And plus we know show production. We've been on the show before, so we know what like you said, what hap- what goes on behind the scenes. So yeah. Um listen, I don't know her occupation, but I think it was something that was a very lucrative situation. Was she a traveling nurse? I can't remember. I want to say she was a traveling RN, which they make money. So, you know, should be alright with her lawyer fees. But that's pretty much married at first sight. We it have one more wedding. Weddings, <laughs> listen, just we'll talk about it when stuff actually starts yeah, happening. There's, there's really nothing. There's I mean, the they just had the ceremony and slow mo shots. That's and, it. Yeah. yeah, meeting people. Poorly so next dressed. week probably be a little more exciting because they meet the family at the reception and then they'll have some more dialogue with the in law. Yeah, actual dialogue. Right. So that'll be a little more exciting. So um, that's married at first sight. And, um,. Big brother for the fans out there who've been watching. We've been watching also tonight. We record on Thursday nights, so we all know that there was an elimination. Not Spoiler one. alert, <laughs> if you don't haven't seen it yet, fast forward through because we're gonna talk about it. But there were not one but two eliminations. This was a double elimination tonight. And the first one I was gone was my girl, our girl, Kitty Cat Purr. Blue. So sad that she's gone. Blue got voted out, y'all. And she was sitting right next to America. But hold up. <laughs> because America was like... <laughs> the funny part about America is she did a whole ass speech. She did... She pulled... If you if you caught it... I don't know if you caught it or not. But she pulled a Mean Girls line. With um, Tina Fey does... When all the girls have the fight. And they're, and they're mm. all in the gymnasium. Mm. And Tina Fey says... Who here has been personally oh, yeah. victimized by Regina George? Yeah. And raised her hand. So she pulled that line and she said it for Jax. So everyone raised their hand. Um, but then come to find out once Blue was saved, they got gagged. It was like, oh, there's a, a double elimination. And then America got voted home. I voted out. So she's gone. Um, and we called both of that. We, both we did. We clocked it. We said at the both of, of them going. Because Bowie Jane, out of all people, one another HOH, but she's good at doing the memorization mm-hmm. challenges. So she did that, and then they played the veto. And the what's the the Miniman? What's the, uh, Matt? Yeah, Matt and Jack. Matt won that, 
based off his athleticism and long ass arms um, of the challenge that they had to do. And he kept the knobs the same. And it was, it was, uh, boy, put up Felicia and America. And that was it. The writer was on the wall for America. Listen, I'm rooting for Mama Fee because that would be the funniest shit ever if she won. <laughs> but realistically, I know that Siri is going to win. The fact that no one can understand in a jury house or a vote amongst people that have not seen the season yep. everyone is going to vote for Sri because of who she is what she's done and the fact that there is technically no blood on her hands at all so i don't understand why people are still letting her slide by i would have gotten rid of her ass weeks ago she would have been in the jury house fucking with me cameron tried to tell them cameron literally said when he got back in from zombie I see the enemy is Sarita. You have to get her out. She's gonna sit back and coast, and she's she's Cynthia Bailey her way to the foot. She's gonna Cynthia Bailey her way to the top two. I'm telling you, that's what's mm. gonna happen. She's gonna win. Mark my words, she will win this season. And and, and if she does, I will be okay with that because like she she everyone did what else she is so do. stupid. They deserve they're dumb as fuck. Yeah, they like, deserve not to win. You should put up. You should work hard. Put up Jax. Put up Matt. Break that shit up, but they now so fucking cocky, and now you have them two: Bowie Jane, Sari, and Mama Fee. That's the top. That's the top five right now. So I'm sorry, Bowie, you out next week, girl, because they yeah. already have a top four, and it, it don't include you. Yeah, because it's a, it's already <laughs> it's the Matt and Jack duel, and it's the Siri and Felicia, and duel. she's the odd man out. So Bowie got to win every single week until the fucking <laughs> final two to keep us stay around. Yeah, so it's it's uh, it was interesting. So to say the least, but um, it's coming down. They have four or two more days left in the house. So we don't watch the uh, live feed on. Is it Paramount? It's on Paramount. Yeah. Um, I, we know some fans out there, some friends, you guys do watch it out there. So let us know. Um, but don't spoil too much for us. So just hit us up in the DMs. Uh, give us some juice if you come across it. in the house. Yes. So we. Talked about villains last week. We forgot to put it on the calendar this week, but just know that villains did show up, and the first person who was banished from the home was Jax. Jax was X'd out. So we'll talk about this week's episode plus next week's in our next episode um, about about villains. It was it was kind of cute. It was cute. It's a fun, funny show. It's a very fun show, and I think what they take the piss out of the show, which means it's a very uh, British saying, but they break the fourth wall. They make fun of themselves on the show, and it's a lot of fun. And it's actually the it was the it was the number one um, rated show on E in a long time. The premiere of Villain. So the numbers are there. So people are loving the show, and hopefully that they get another season because it seems interesting. So we'll see what happens. Another show that we used to watch. It was on HBO Max. When I was in the ER last Friday, I saw it on the TV screen. I was like, and I texted you because I said, I think the show is back, but it's on a different network. And it's on the CW. But F-Boy Island is back on the CW for season three. Um, So it's not HBO Max uh, budget. It's on the CW, so they're not in the paradise place they're probably somewhere 
and Calabasas of filming this show. But friends, if you guys if you guys loved FY Island like we talked about it um, the first two seasons, we're gonna get back into the show. It's only been three episodes, so we haven't missed a lot. So you can go ahead and catch it on the CW, or I do believe they show it on. Is it Pluto TV? I think Pluto I think it's Pluto TV. You can um, Pluto Pluto is a uh, I think it's a free streaming service. You can catch the episodes on there. And so we will talk about that show as well. So give you guys some time to catch up. Well, husband. Bye. We <laughs> <laughs> came to that time, you guys. So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to another wonderful episode of Oh That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on our IG page at Oh That's My Gay Friend. Or any questions, comments, or concerns. Or Topics about the show you want us to talk about, email us at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Remember, we are on Spotify, also Amazon Music. Put some stars if you like us. If you don't, don't do shit. <laughs> we want to keep our ratings high. But also tell a friend. And remember, guys, you give you have given us about almost two hours of your day. You have 22 more left with you. We want you to be kind. Do something positive for yourself. And also do something nice for mankind, okay? I said mankind. Yes, you did. That's the right word, right? Yes. Okay, cool. I'll go to sleep. Good night, friends. Until next time. Bye, bye, friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? (laughs) This podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Or email us your questions at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>